Hi, this is Eric Chase, afternoon host on Cumulus Media Toledo's Q105, and your host for another episode of 68 Words here with the Ability Center with a guest who you may already be familiar with because they got to sit with Chris Peterson during our Authentic Authors series. You're going to get to know Allie Leatherman a little bit more. Some of Allie's likes, concerts, Matchbox 20, sarcasm, spinal cord injury advocacy, her partner in various forms of crime, Taylor. Dislikes, that very Taylor hogging the bed, Matchbox 20, continue canceling their concert at the zoo and you making things awkward about her disability. Don't just stare at my hands like I want you to ask me about them or I'm just going to tell you about it which is a little more awkward than uh, you asking but whatever. Once you start laughing you loosen up so that's always been integral in trying to break the ice whether it's a stranger or somebody that I've known for a very long time that I just haven't seen since I got hurt. Only difference here is my presentation and the only person making it weird People, places, and spaces doing disability differently sharing first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that spoke the disability rights movement, learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James and I'm the Executive Director here at the Ability Center and welcome to 68 Words. Welcome to another edition of 68 Words. Um, I am expecting to have having to do some light editing here because we are in a, a different setting. Um, hopefully you saw Allie Leatherman's uh, Authentic Authors chat. Allie, good morning. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, or whenever anyone is hearing this. <laughs> good morning to you. Thank you for inviting us into your home. Of course, of course. I feel like I've walked into a 1990s sitcom uh, with the cast of characters that are coming uh, to and from, almost like we should introduce who's coming on the show. That's the perfect depiction of exactly what my life is like. It's very much full house in here, but maybe uh, the 18 plus version. (laughs) I would have said 24, but yeah, I think you're spot on there. 24. Well, thanks for taking some time. Thanks for uh, letting Mallory double you up on some content here. Like I said, American Authors with with Chris Peterson. Um, Hopefully, I will top what some of uh, the, the greatness she did, but thanks again for taking some time. Can you tell us, if people didn't watch that, um, can you tell us about your accident? It was 2014, right? Yeah, yep. Um, I got in a motor vehicle accident um, in 2014. Also, my grandma thinks that I'm an Emmy recipient for the Authentic Authors taping, so if anyone would like uh, my autograph or like a piece of my life, I am selling them. Uh because so, it was all about the accident, so that the car accident, that's what got me my Emmy. You'll sign VHS um, copies of that, right? Yeah, this of is, course. Stop yeah. by, and, and this is what this is going to be. I apologize. We're <laughs> probably going to go longer than our normal 30 minutes. There will be lots of funny asides. <laughs> if you want the serious take, watch The Authentic Authors. Um, if you show up to the Ability Center, Allie will be doing weekly signings. That's Just correct. ask to see the VHS department. Do not make a left, because that will be the adult <laughs> films are. You want to go to the right for Allie stuff. <laughs> signings every other Saturday, the third month of even numbered years. Yes, correct. Uh, very late in the afternoon starting. Indeed, indeed. And please, do you prefer, you like alcohol or you want coffee? Uh, I'll take alcohol both, with coffee. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. 2014, this this accident. Tell us about it. Um, so it was a Friday night and me and my friends were just out getting into normal shenanigans and the night ended and I had too much to drink and I crashed into a tree right down the street from home and... Uh, it was awful, but um, I found out maybe eight hours after the initial impact happened, that was a quarter mile down the street from my house, uh, that I had a spinal cord injury and like a brain bleed and had like a spinal stroke and like several other broken bones throughout my body and uh, uh, blood clot. 
Oh, so then I got surgery, I woke up the next day, and they were like, you are crippled for life, have a good day, but we're not going to give you a DUI, which would have been a little cooler. What were some of the first thoughts, which I'm sure you're, you're tired of being asked, but this time we're recording it, so it's, it's for, for posterity. Um, obviously, you're moving a, a bunch now. Um, you're in your beast of a chair, and at some point I would like to ask you if you have a name for that. I but, mean, uh, that's a great idea. What were, what, were some of the, what were some of the first thoughts that went through your head? I'm sure lots of, lots of confusion. Oh, um, expletive, I think, was the first one. Not here, not here, not here. That's for the, that's for the pay version of the podcast. Yeah, we'll walk, we saw, or you know what? Um, use not-so-colorful language to share those words, and I, I do mean that seriously. All right, give me a few minutes so I can think of some not-so-colorful words. I'm just kidding. Uh, I woke up, and I was tied down, and it, I just hear all these beeps and uh, machines and big words, and I see people that are not my immediate family. I knew something bad happened. I knew I was probably in a little bit of trouble, and then I saw my brother, and I knew that he was on. Um, he was up north in uh, Sheboygan, Michigan, at our family's cottage, so I knew it was bad once I saw him. And then he was like crying, so then I knew it was really bad. And I couldn't move my arms, and I could feel something like down my throat. And I was just like, well, no, I'm not in my car. Like, we are definitely not in Kansas anymore. And then my brother was like, Al, you were in a, you're okay. You're okay, but you were in a really bad accident. And I'm like, did anybody get any bad stuff I might have in my car? Like, what do you mean? Let's revisit this accident thing. But where's my car, dude? And uh, then they, it was just like a flood of people like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I'm like, ah, you know, like, get away from me. I thought I was going to, you know, I just had no idea the gravity of the situation. I was very excited to meet you and, and have this conversation. I messaged Mallory when, Mallory when she set this up. I said, this is going to be the first vulgar one that we do. But I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. But can I ask you if when everybody was saying, uh, you're going to be okay, how many more curse words were going through your head at that time? Because oh, it was insane. Yeah. It was just like, do I look okay? Right, right. And it was, I mean, the, I remember consenting for surgery. Uh, I remember my mom was holding my hand and I was, she was like, Al, this is bad, but you have a, you have a spinal cord injury. And I'm like, what the heck is my spinal cord? You know, like I know I've got one, but what happened to it? Like, okay, let's like do some surgery. You know, I've been very fortunate whenever something bad happens, like I've been bailed out. You know, I've always been a uh, self-proclaimed spoiled brat. And so I thought, like, okay, like I'm going to be off work for a few weeks. This is cool. Like hopefully I get paid. And I started talking about lawsuits and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. You know, like who do I sue? And they're like, no, sweetie, like you might get sued. I'm like, Oh, okay, like, well, all I have is my car, and that's totaled, so bring it on. Uh, I had no idea what, you know, um, it was nuts. When, I, was, when was the oblique moment when you realized that you might not move parts of your body that you were moving before ever again, and this is the way life was going to be? Probably after, I, so I was at St. V's ICU for 10 days, from July 19th to August 1st, which is the day they moved me up to U of M, and my brother's with me in the ambulance, and we're driving up, and I was like, you know, what are all my diagnoses? And they start listing off these words I've never heard in my life, and they're like, Asia A, complete contusion, baklava, harps, I don't even know what they were saying, and like, there's just tears streaming down my face, and I look over at James, my brother, and he's like, okay, that's enough, and I was like, this is bad, and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. And then we got to U of M and all of my providers there were fantastic. And every day I was just like, you know, how, 
when, when's this going to come back? When, when, you know, like, am I going to walk? Am I like, can, am I going to be able to like punch people or pinch people or, you know, give them like sisters or something ever again? And they could never really give me a straight answer. So those first couple weeks, it was just like, whoa, this might be a little more permanent than I thought it was going to be. But even then, I mean, it didn't really hit me, hit me for probably about a year or so. And then those were dark times. How dark were those times? They were the darkest times. I wouldn't wish uh, anyone to be there, even people I don't like. And that's a pretty extensive list. Did, I you, would, did you want to be dead? I think so. I don't think all the way. I just didn't want to be here in the condition I was in. Right. Um, when did you, when were you able to take that first step towards where you are now, which is moving all over the place and probably reaching over to do to Mallory what you mentioned a couple of seconds ago? Um, <laughs> probably everybody kept telling me like, Al, you need to find a peer support group. And I was like, okay, like maybe AA wouldn't be a bad idea, <laughs> but like I didn't it want a peer support group. That's it is, you know? So I thought that we were certainly onto something there, but Probably once I started Facebook stalking people who were hurt in Toledo and I found people who were hurt worse than I was and then I realized how lucky I am to have a little bit of hand function. I mean, I can still almost flip people off. I can still uh, slap people. You know, I mean, it's not very hard, but it is something that counts. When did, when did these motions begin to come back to you? Pretty quick after I got to U of M. So the <clears throat> I see it was 10 days in Toledo. U of M, they had me in physical and occupational and speech therapy within three days of being there. And so they were like, you know, if, if you can move anything, you have to move it, you know, double time. And so I would say, you know, by the beginning of August there, I started, and the surgeon actually told my brother, like, we hope to save like 30% of one arm and 60% of another. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean even, you know? And that's about what I have, probably pretty close. Um, let's get to another serious part of this. And then we can go back to the really, really fun stuff. Uh, we're, we're sitting in your kitchen here and we'll get to Taylor shortly. The real star of this thing, right? <laughs> the star of the show. Uh, she's the uncle Jesse, I guess, or whoever was your favorite <laughs> character on full house. That's a nineties reference for all the younger people that are listening. Um, you are one heck of an advocate for people who are in situations like you. When was, when did the light bulb go off? When did the light on your chair go off and, and go, I, I want to help others who are in situations like me to let them know that, that this ain't over? When did that light bulb hit? Probably the first time that we had, uh, um, there's a couple people uh, in Toledo who reached out to me upon hearing that I'm hurt. We're kind of a small select group here in Toledo that have that are quadriplegics, that are around my age, that understand the... It's like a gang. It really is. And we're always recruiting, although yeah. I don't encourage anyone <laughs> to do anything too stupid. Mildly stupid things are very welcomed. Um, and once I found you know, them and kind of saw how they were settling into their respective lives, and I was kind of like, I don't know if that's what I want. I don't know if I just want to you know, swallow the pill. Like, this is your new normal. It's going to be okay. You can still live a fulfilling life. Like, shut up. You know, like, I know that. Um, so once we kind of got together, we would always meet at Manhattan's the third Wednesday every month and, you know, commiserate and celebrate each other's successes or uh, lack thereof. And then it was like, there has to be, I don't want to just go, oh, they don't have a ramp here. Like, let's file suit or, you know, like, oh, they have stairs there. Like if you, if people stand up in front of you, you can't see. I wanted it to be more than that. I wanted it to be about the injury because that's where I feel like all the stigma lies. So um, we connected with the national organization at that point 
and then the, the ball started rolling quickly and we were able to secure funding through a contact that we had that was on the governor's staff and it was a really cool process. So go back, are you more of the mind that you want to comfort people who uh, want, who are, they've initiated themselves or in some way into your gang rather than bringing the lawsuits? Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Again, you remind me so much of me. If I was ever in a situation like you, and I think we've all envisioned, um, we've all seen enough media and, and we've come across people like yourself, we're like, what would I do in that situation? I'm looking in a mirror right now. Um, my mental health advocacy is that way. I don't want to bring any lawsuits. I just want you to tell you that you can use your sick days if you just don't want to go to work because you're feeling like, um, what are the things that you do um, as an advocate, attending events? Where's your influence? What draws you? Um, I, I mean, just my biggest influence are my friends, people who have been front row, you know, and now just to watch them kind of evolve with me as the injury has uh, been here, um, just to see like their acceptance. So it's like, okay, like you people love me so very much and it doesn't matter to you. So now that I'm comfortable with you, I have to transpose myself and put myself where I'm not so comfortable and get those people up to the same level. And um, that's probably like my biggest goal at this point. Like, don't just stare at my hands. Like, I want you to ask me about them or I'm just going to tell you about it, which is a little more awkward than uh, you asking, but whatever. Uh, something that you said to Chris, um, people give you exasperated looks or they give you an annoyed vibe. Mm -hmm. Tell me about those. I think you just touched on them briefly. It's like it, people are uncomfortable with, with what they don't understand. Uh, I still am at, at certain times, you know, so I empathize with that. But they you're like, oh, Dini, it's, it's like this weird pity driven curiosity uh, or just, you know, general annoyance at like the size of my wheelchair or me trying to turn around and taking out a couple end caps, which is obviously not ever happened. Um, by, a, by an able-bodied person or some ramp running child through the supermarket, right? Right, 100%. Like... <laughs> You know, if you're, if you're a biped human being, you don't do those things. So it's, you know, strictly people in wheelchairs that mess stuff up or, or you know, just in the way or like uh, once I was in the, the uh, self-checkout line at Meyer, and this woman came up behind me and she put her head, hand on my head. You know what I mean? Like hand on my head. Am I saying that right? Yeah. She put her head, her hand on my head and she said, I'm so proud of you for being out. You're, you're oh, a real inspiration. And I'm like. These are maxi pads, lady. Like, thank you very much. I'm happy that I was able to give you a little bit of feel good for this morning. But like, that's really weird, you know. Um, another question around that angle. Um, I think in the description of your authentic authors, it called you uh, called you spunky. Um, you would probably go with a more colorful word. I'm thinking of another S word. Um, Spitfire? A little bit. I think a lot of people would describe me do, that way. Do you... Uh, that woman has probably put her hand on other people's head before and thanked them for, for you know, way to get on with your life. Um, you probably have a different reaction than most people who are disabled. You come right back at people. Again, I feel like I'm looking at myself. Does that put people off or often put them at comfort? I think often I have, I've always been like in high school, I was the class clown. I've always been kind of the, uh, I so love to make fun, people. You, you were funny at one point. Yeah. This has been a natural thing all 35 <laughs> years. <laughs> um, and I like to inject like humor 
once you start laughing, you loosen up. So yeah. that's always been integral in trying to break the ice, whether it's a stranger or somebody that I've known for a very long time that I just haven't seen since I got hurt. It's all, you know, just to make them laugh and break it down. Like, you don't have to be nervous or jittery or worry about, you know, like, we don't have to take a step in the right direction or, like, slow down, speed racer, you know, like, it's okay. Like, I'm still... Genetically speaking, we're all exactly the same. Like the, you know, the, the only difference here is my presentation and the only person making it weird is you. What's something that still bothers the hell out of you about being in your situation that you just haven't been able to get over? That I still feel singled out sometimes. Like, you know, did I push it when it uh, came to perhaps not driving when I should have several times without a doubt? but I still feel like I was punished for it and therefore robbed. So I'm still really angry about that, but I'm also like, without that happening, I don't think I ever would have blossomed in the way where, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable with life and understanding all the crazy things that comes with it. So, on, you know, on the same hand, I'm, I'm not really mad. I'm grateful for my accident too, just for the perspective and the front row parking. <laughs> I was going to ask you the other side of that. What's something that you've come to really embrace, maybe even sickeningly enjoy about your disability? The, the parking? Uh, parking and is they, ranked very highly you up there. shame the hell out of people, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. That's really fun, too. I mean, if, uh, but no, in all sincerity, I would probably say front row concert seating, or the yeah. concert seating in amphitheaters. What's the best show you've ever seen? Uh, just Pearl Jam, just last weekend in St. Louis. Oh, good for you! It was it was absolutely a bucket list concert, and my uh, very close friend Steve and I went to St. Louis. It was like the first time I was away from home, uh, like just kind of you know by myself, kind of, but obviously not by myself. And we got to see like the last grunge band of the '90s that is in existence anymore. And it was the best time ever. Um, uh, going down that path, and we'll come back to, to, to the disability stuff. And Taylor, I didn't forget about you. Get up. Come on. You're up soon. Um, uh, you're a 90s grunge person. I, I'm in any genre. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to Beethoven. I'll listen to Coolio. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a real doozy. Yeah. Um, and he was just here, too. I, his last I show missed was him. I didn't even know that he was in. I don't know what I was doing that day. Must have been a long nap day. I was going to ask you if 90s grunge was your thing. Were you? Where were you with the Taylor Hawkins thing? Because there was a big uh, tribute just last night, which would be the September 28th. That's, um, I, I, unfortunately, what did I, I don't even remember what I did yesterday. Uh, but watching that, unfortunately, was not on the agenda. But I will be revisiting that. Because watching his son play at the yeah. first tribute in London was, uh, I watched it like 12 times in a row and cried a lot. What's a, what's a concert you're dying to go to now i mean i've been crossing off some pretty big names off my bucket list who's on the bucket list who's left i mean they're all dead people so i'm totally i mean look, petty would be okay. up there uh queen okay prince how about living uh all right well the killers but i'm going to see them next really? weekend I love the Okay, killers. can we talk about the killers for a second? Mm -hmm. um, we'll be back to disability shortly. Um, so the, the killers, I, it's got to be out there, but I would like a 5,000-word think piece on the career of the killers. And I know that Brandon Flowers recently came back for something, but it was not very killers-y. It was more about him. And I get it. He's the, yeah. he's the lead guy. They had one of the greatest first albums 
ever. Like a yes. brilliant debut album that seemed like they were going to be on a, a career path where they were coming back when they were 78 to the Huntington Center like the old guys do now. The second album with When We Were Young was okay, and then it just stopped. What happened? I don't know. I, um, I think that he couldn't find me to be with me. <laughs> and uh, so he really just hit a block in okay. his creative realm. Okay. So uh, now that he's coming you know, locally, I plan on uh, inspiring him, and we'll see where they go from here. You said Mozart, also dead. I think, or Beethoven, also very dead. Uh -huh. um, give me another current artist that people wouldn't expect you to be into. Oh, Matchbox 20. I would expect that. What does that mean? Uh, well, <laughs> I know that you liked, you said Pearl Jam. Matchbox is um, great. And you know what? Um, as long as the zoo exists, they're going to keep postponing this show. Dude, I've had those tickets for <laughs> all three years. And I'm just like... I wrote Rob messages on Instagram. I wrote him on Facebook. He's not reading them, but that's because he's very overwhelmed. Uh, I'm so, like, are you ever coming here? Like, you guys are getting old, you know? He's 50! He's 50! <sighs> and married. To a spicy Latina lady, I believe. Yeah, her name's Marnie They've or something. They've been married like forever, yeah. too. All right, let's, let's talk about this. We'll maybe get to the disability <laughs> stuff again, but I, I knew that this was going to happen. So... I don't like going to concerts. There's a lot of people. What? I don't like a lot of people. They're, they kill this introvert. Lots of people, lots of noise. Terrible to get out of the parking See, lot. See, then, then this is the best part about being injured. I have this huge section all to myself. <laughs> and if there's able-bodied people there, I like stare at them until they have this like terrible sense of guilt that just eats them alive. And before you know it, no one's sitting by me. And uh, I can swoop in. That's 100%. And then it's very roomy. It's nice. This, this Matchbox 20 thing is almost a joke at this point because I feel like that show was scheduled at the zoo in like 2018. It wasn't. I think it was the first year of COVID. And at this point, if we continue to get variants, and I say this extremely tongue-in-cheek, and I am very aware of the devastation that the COVID has caused the entire planet. Absolutely. But at this point, I might put this on Matchbox 20 <gasps> for continuing the variants just so they don't have to come to the zoo. I'm starting to take it very personal as well. And um, like Kyle Cook, who's the lead guitarist, love you. If you're listening to this, uh, just tell Rob to get over it, you know? We need you here. 100%. Uh, if, it, if it matters, um, I met him, done some events with him. Kyle Cook? No, Rob. Oh. Very nice. A lot smaller than you would think, but a very nice man. Yeah. Favorite Matchbox 20 songs? Uh, Bright Lights, Unwell, Back to Good. Okay. Um, Did you just cut me off? I could have kept going. <laughs> three is enough. Well, I have another question. Um, a, a Matchbox 20 song that wasn't a massive hit that you liked? Um... What's that drum song? English Town, probably. What album was that on? Oh, boy. I don't know. LimeWire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, remember the last time I like bought a CD or had... I think one of the last CDs I remember buying, buying was Chocolate Starfish. What's that? Limp Bizkit. You know you just admitted on something that will be recorded for attorney that you purchased something from Limp Bizkit? This is actually one of the milder recordings that anyone would have on file. There's stuff out there that would really get me in trouble. Got it. Um, the, the, to go back to the family, this, this very full house. Who are all those people and how helpful have they been? Those are my minions. I uh, employ okay, them. Okay, That's <laughs> Which I just saw my first minions movie and it's great. Highly recommend all of them. Um, they're my parents. They're pretty cool. They uh, decided one dark night 
to create a child prodigy, and here I am. Uh, and then I moved out, and then I got my accident, and I came back home, and they were thrilled. Uh, I would guess they're very helpful, or they can they bounce your sarcasm right back at you? Oh, I am a product of my environment, big time. Okay. Um, Taylor, probably in, in a lot of ways a lifesaver. She looks a little tired right now, tired from not being on the mic, but Taylor's here with us. It, Taylor is actually a little tired from the intense belly rubs that she got this morning, uh, her very delicately placed breakfast. Uh, snoring, drooling, and farting next to me until I actually woke up this morning. She is a product of the Ability Center? She is indeed. Um, tell me about her first meeting her, how helpful she's been, that moment when you're like, oh, this is going to be it, like me and you, this is your wing girl. She she absolutely changed my life. She is the little, uh, as Bette would say, the little wind beneath my wings, I think that would be correct. Um, when I first got hurt in 2014, they're like, get a service monkey, get a service dog. Like, why don't you service your car and like mind your own damn business, you know? Um, and then eventually I was like, you know, everyone, I think I need a service dog. They're like, what a great idea. So I applied and I called them every other day and tried to threaten people that might be ahead of me on the list because I was just ready at that point. And, um, but I was very patient as I'm sure they would uh, agree. And, um, I got... Uh, scheduled for my final interview about two years in and they called me and they're like we need you to come in uh, for your final interview blah 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 and they already had a feeling that Taylor and I would be a perfect little match and so everyone like walks out and they're like Ellie this is this is this is gonna be your girl and I'm like oh my god like I'd like to thank my parents I'm like thank you like could somebody give me a coffee uh, and then that was like uh, the best day of my life, I think. What was the first action that she did when you guys were here or somewhere uh, when she was working? And you're like, this is going to... She uh, picked up my phone and she like, you know, I lean forward to have her put it in my hand. And she drops it right past my hand because she doesn't like my phone because it takes me away from her. And I was like, sure. Okay, girl, like we're going to be quite the interesting pair. Pick it up again. Give me my phone, and then uh, she did it again. And I was like, okay, like this girl's got some sass. She's gonna give it right back to me, so I have to use like our grown-up voice, and then she'll actually hand it to me. Like we can't do our doggo voice. What What do you What What exasperated things do you think if she could speak English like we are, she would say to you over the years? Ah, uh, relax. Stop thinking about it. Shut up. Give me more chicken. Um, say, the, say that again and I'll send your nudes. <laughs> Seriously, that, that is for sure. Like, I will tell them that you do have an OnlyFans account. Dogmom414. Um, um, and just, who, just, what's it matter? You know, I mean, that's been the, her, her, uh, most, in, her biggest impression on my life has just been like, what, you know, let, let's go play Bali. Let's go swimmy. Let's, you know, you're stressing out about something that you're taking. You're the only one taking personal that you can't control. And there's just no, you're stressing yourself out. And so she's been a great little mental distraction. Right now she's a little Aubrey. She's also a nice distraction. She might have gotten it from you. That's, you know, I'm not telling all my secrets. Nah. Um, I think I saw in the Chris video that she outswims you. Do you swim? Uh, I do. I do. We have a cool pool left for my parents' pool. Otherwise, I just make my brother and all of his buds uh, lift me in. So it's, you know, then also all about me as well. Um, swimming was like the most athletic thing I ever did before the accident. Uh, the second would probably be like going to get the mail. Mm -hmm. um, 
So swimming has always been kind of like the the free movement. Like, you know, my nerve pain's gone. I can flop all my legs around, well, both of them. Um, it's just where I feel the freest, you know. I'm not in the wheelchair. I'm not... Sure. Um, if you could have another kind of service animal, um, you said service monkey, so maybe you want to ask this question. Real or mythical, what do you think would make a good service animal? Definitely not a bird. Okay. That would be absolutely terrible. Um, a sea otter, because I just really want one. Okay. They seem quite intelligent as well. Oh, they're so cute. Um, let's talk about something also in your video with Chris that is relatable to either all dog owners. There's two kinds of dog owners. The ones where you don't let your dog sleep in the bed and you're terrible human beings. And then people like us where we sleep in their bed. So let's exchange stories. It's so bad. <laughs> is your dog on you? <laughs> uh... I have woken up to a little dog butt in my face. Um, nothing, nothing sexual or gross, but my, my bigger dog. I have two beagle mixes. One's 15 pounds, one's 30 Beagles pounds. Beagles are so cool. The 30 pound one does like a, like an old woman who's been married for 50 years and just won't divorce the guy. He hates being touched. So if like a fur on his head is touched, he jumps out of bed like the building's being assaulted or somebody said peanut butter and it's terrifying. And, and we have a king size bed, but we really only need a twin. Yeah, I can empathize with that on multiple levels. I get real, you know, with the spinal cord injury, I can't control my body temperature. So when I lay down at first, I always run really cold. So I put the blanket over my head. Little Miss Bougie over here uh, also needs to be under the blanket with her mother at all times. And until I hear this little like, and then it smells like, I don't know if I can use the right descriptive words, but please use your worst imagination because that's what it smells like. It's, it's the most unnatural flatulence I've ever encountered in my life. It's truly stifling. Would you have taken another dog? Or, well, if you, when and if you get another service dog, will you want to know how their farts smell before you take them home? You know, um, Taylor, I'm so here. proud of her and <laughs> it's become so something that like we kind of take pride in now. So I, I, I hope not, honestly. I hope this, this is the only time I'll really have to deal with that. Tell me about some of your interactions when you're out places and you've got her. Do you, do you get jealous? Does she get jealous? She, it, it's, she's, I swear there's like a little human operating, like if, like in Men in Black, you know, the forehead comes up and it's that yeah. little alien. That's what's happening with her. She, uh, she thinks that wherever we go, all the people in that particular place are there for her. Um, so she like just kind of looks at them with like her nose up, like, are you going to come over here and ask my mom if you can pet me? Because you can't, but I'll let you and rub my belly. You know, um, she like right now, I mean, look at her. Butt no. rubs. Nobody rubs it's, a dog's butt like me. She's really having a good time over there. I'm going to get, uh, <laughs> forgive my language. I'm going to get nosed when I get home by my two dogs. They, they're beagles. She they, lives for that. Yeah. So she's doing that to you on purpose. She smells your fur baby, so she's like... Oh, oh. there we go. Somebody needs the chest rub. I can't. Oh. I'm up here. It's pathetic. So, um, but in all actuality, she is a great focal piece for me when I'm out. It makes me a little more approachable for kids, for people. It makes me, you know, she absorbs my anxiety. I absorb hers. That's when we actually usually take out the end cabs at Target and stuff. Um... But uh, she's been 
she's just an instrumental piece of my life now. Were, were you an animal person before the accident? I mean, we had dogs growing up, but I would like put their tails in like vacuum hoses and uh, like dress them in clothes. And I was, you know, perhaps slightly mean at times, you know, but all in good fun, all for, sure. you know. Mallory, I have two Jordan questions for the next DAE. What happens if you want to get someone a service dog and they don't like dogs? Like you don't, we don't service cats. And then two, can they get, an, like, could, could Allie get another dog if she wanted? You, she could? You need a second dog. I, I want, like, a second, a third, and a fourth dog. And my dad Service would probably... Dog, the dog gang to go with your yes. final board Taylor gang. gang. Hello. Yes. I like yes. it. Yes. My dad would probably not be very excited about picking up, you know, four dogs' landmines of Pooey all the time, but... That's his problem, not mine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what do you, when you're not doing concerts, what does a, what is it actually, what does a day look like for you? Unless you have random podcasters coming into your kitchen. <laughs> um, normally I wake up about a spry 3 PM. Uh, I'm a huge, you know, I mean, besides, um, music, I'm a huge nerd. I love to read. I love to write. I love, you know, philosophy and like deep things in life. Like I'll just sit outside and listen and watch. I mean, uh, Otherwise, my social life is extremely full. I mean, I none of my friends have missed a beat. Um, I love all of my little nieces and nephews very, very much. And so every other day, if it's not being consumed with a concert in the Tri-State area, it is absolutely consumed with all the little munchkins in my life that are the absolute best. Um, again, I knew that we were going to... I think we like one another. I like you. You don't have to like me. It's totally fine. <laughs> no, I absolutely but do. When I, it's out. I hate the small talk. Um, like the other day when um, that refrigerator hit the asteroid to save us. I, I didn't want to talk about the little things. I wanted to go, why did the dinosaurs think of this? Like, what happens if what happens if the dinosaurs did think of this? Would we be here right now? I like, know. Let's solve the What if problems. they never were extinct? Yes. Yes. Would we be, would we be their minions now or would we not right. be here at all? These are important questions. Um... How can people get in touch with you um, other than the OnlyFans page? That's not everybody's thing. Because um, you, you are the kind of person that could probably take anybody. And while it's lots of biting sarcasm now, I think you could spin it the other way and really provide comfort to people who are in your situation. And you, you would make a great spinal cord therapist. Thank you, first of all, for saying that. You're welcome. Um, that is certainly something that I, if I ever catch wind of someone getting hurt in the Toledo area, I will stalk you. I will find you. Um, um, like a Jehovah's Witness kind of thing. Oh, I don't mean time. to offend anybody there, but no, not not no. It shouldn't be because they are dedicated and good at their craft, mm. uh, just like I am. So uh, that is certainly what I aim to do, and just you know, normalize it. I mean, life doesn't discriminate against anyone at any time. Uh, you can make every single right decision in the world, and it still wouldn't matter. Something yeah. can still happen, and you have to be prepared for that, and you have to be prepared to love your person through it if it's not you, and be loved through it if it is you. And uh, so that is, um, I think now that's kind of my little purpose, you know, just to, to break it down and make it approachable and make it understandable and make it, I mean, when we, when we passed the research bill, uh, which we have done for... Uh, a, a second round, the third round will be next up for bids next year. We went down to Columbus and lobbied to these Congress men and women, and we we're in their office, and you know, and they're you can tell they're a little uncomfortable, you know, to have like five wheelchairs roll in there and be like, "Hey, give us three million dollars, and we would like to put forth some curative therapies towards spinal cord injury." And they were kind of like, uh, no. And then I was like, listen, you could fall down the, st the stairs tomorrow, Beatrice, and then you're going to be SOL. 
Um, so why don't you look at the people who already have fallen down the stairs and give us a, you know, throw a dog a bone here. And so to, you know, I felt so like these are like people and above from where my life is, but not really, you know. So it was, uh, it's been a cool opportunity to remind other people that you're just a people too. Like you're really no different than me. You're no better than me. Like maybe you have a little more money. Maybe you drive a nicer car. But when it all boils down to it, you're the same exact as me and susceptible to all the same wonderful or terrible things that could happen. And you have an in-ground pool, which puts you way above a lot of people. Big time. Um, what's your? That seems like the overarching goal to continue to funnel money towards um, people who are in your situation. Um, what's a more immediate thing that you're you're working on as far as advocacy? Um. Uh, probably. Um. Um. um Restarting my peer support group. Okay. Uh, we, after COVID hit, that really put a hiatus on things. And, you know, we were scared. They were scared. Everybody's scared, scared. Um, so now I've been kind of trying to reignite that fire. And it, it's hard, you know. I mean, you get settled into your life and you're, you know, like, dude, it's kind of like, you know, we got the research bill passed. We have a group established. So, like, we need something tangible. We need something to do. Um, and that's not necessarily true, but, you know, we have people in the club that got married, that bought houses, that, you know, got their first service dogs, that moved away, that are, you know, in other various departments of life gallivanting. So that's what I would just like to restart it and get, you know, find our footing again. No pun intended. Har har. So where can people find you to be a part of this? Um, on Facebook, uh, it's SCI Connect Toledo is our little group page. Um, I'm Allie Lev on Facebook. Uh, anyone can message me. Uh, feel free to also donate to me specifically, only me. Right, like and Starbucks gift cards, welcome. Joseph's yeah. Beverage gift yeah. cards, welcome. Yeah. Uh, lots of peanut butter, things like that. PetSmart or wherever you go. Yep. Yep. Um, is there anything that you didn't get to, uh, or maybe said with Chris that got cut, or things that we didn't touch on here that you want to get out there before we wrap up? Real, just the uh, uh, when something happens to you. Um, not to forget the strongest part of you, which is your voice. I mean, whether you're, uh, you know, I mean, your mind is a powerful, powerful thing. And it can be your uh, worst enemy or it can be your biggest thing. The strongest part about you is your voice. Find, find out how you can get it back out. You don't have to sit in silence and suffer ever. And I think that's a... Once you get that, and once you're aware of how much you can still exercise despite any physical limitation, that's where the real magic stuff. And people are watching. People are watching you. I've had so many people come up to me at some point and just been like, "Al, I don't think I could do it if I were you." I'm like, "Yes, you could." Like that's you know almost insulting to me on a certain level. And like you're certainly not giving yourself very much credit. What other choice did I have? Mm -hmm. What am I going to blast my brains out after I just put my family through this awful thing and I got to witness us all come together and you know make the house accessible in a matter of a month and get me a rolling shower in the matter of a month and all my friends were you know, putting wrist weights on and encouraging me to do all this stuff, then I'm going to be the one that poops out. Like, no, you wouldn't poop out either. You're, you're stronger. Christopher Robbins, you're like, you're braver than you believe and stronger than you think. And there's beers in the fridge or something like that. 
Awesome. We're done. Thank you. Thank you. This is Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center, hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently. Think differently. Think differently.